Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, join us as Sunny and Dr. Alessandra Duke talk about asking Benny anything, as well as growing pains in Pataluma and parting ways with substances that no longer serve us. All that next for the first Friday of the month on Sunny in Seattle. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your hosts, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke, psychologist and coach. Yay, and it is first Friday here on Sunny in Seattle. Uh, Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And don't forget, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. Um, you can find out more about me and connect with me for coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, what do you want to throw out there for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, they can come to my website, alessandraduke.com and learn more about me and reach out if you want to connect. Yay. Okay. So, uh, Benny, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. Let's ready. I'm all ready for this first Friday of the month. First, first Friday. <laughs> yeah, and first I have to Friday. say, Benny, we were telling you before we hopped on here um, that we have had some listeners who have requested more of your presence on Ooh. our first Friday show. Yes. So we just wanted to check in with you this morning. And, Nothing uh, wrong with being in demand. Do what? Nothing wrong with being in demand. I know, right? right. You definitely are. Aww. And I was even thinking, like, it might be funny if we did, like, an, uh, and I'm Benny, we should have asked you before we put you on the spot on air, but like an Ask Benny Anything segment where listeners could submit a question <laughs> beforehand and then, uh, you know, provided that you approve, like, you don't mind talking about whatever that is, then you would answer the question on the air. Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Okay, so we're putting that call out there for listeners. If you want to ask Benny something, then either, um, I guess, email or c contact me or Alessandra. Mm -hmm. So, of course, my website is goldenoversoul.com, and you can connect with me through that. Or, um, Alessandra, yours one more time. Alessandraduke.com. Yes, so if you have a question for Benny, then send it to us, and then we will compile the questions, and then the next first Friday, we will let Benny answer some of the ones that uh, he wants to talk about. So I think that'd we'll be great. That. I can even put, pull like, uh, put together like a little stinger, like, ask Benny. Yes! Oh, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yay. Okay. So that'll be, so we will collect the questions and then the next time you will have your little, uh, ask Benny anything. I'm down. Like, yeah, let's you know. do it. <laughs> okay. So until then, then since it's just Alessandra and I at the moment, okay, Alessandra, what should we ask <laughs> me this morning? <laughs> I love that you say it's just Alessandra and I, which is of what it normally is. Just <laughs> Benny, our star person. Yeah, exactly. Stop. Just us. Um, let's see. Okay. Benny, tell us your, what's, well, I haven't got to talk to you this month at all, Benny, because I have been sick since we last talked. So I'm sorry that we haven't connected at all. So I'm curious what, 
Um, what's been the best part of your spring so far? Uh, oh, good. Ooh, that's very good. And uh, I'm glad you're feeling better, first of all. That's a good thing. Thank you. Got to stay Thank healthy, you. right? Got to stay healthy. It's the springtime. So yes. the, pretty much what's up with me, the boys started uh, Little League again this year. So I've been kind of busy and wrapped up with that, getting their swings in order and trying to catch mm -hmm. and not kicking too much dirt <laughs> doing circles in the, in the in the playground in the yard and stuff like that so that's pretty much kind of what's filling me up right now yeah i know sunny's laughing because she could probably definitely like i love baseball get on it's funny attention. that you bring that up though because um uh, chase and i just watched the movie Moneyball yesterday oh, and first time i've ever seen it i have to confess and i'm not a huge baseball fan necessarily um although chase played it a lot growing up mm -hmm. and so he said you promise you'll like this movie and I have to say I really enjoyed it so I think it's awesome so yeah let's talk about baseball good pick there Chase good pick good pick good pick, good pick. yeah um okay so Benny then I also feel like we need to ask like any dating update since that uh -huh. has been a repeat theme on the first Friday really what people want <laughs> they're like yeah yeah Alessandra who cares nice. about his springtime what about his dating life we'll just go right to it then yeah. <laughs> right, I've right not just been on on a couple dates, nothing too wild and crazy. I have recently started a little Bumble account, so if you're on Bumble, that's where I am. Ooh, and mm -hmm. do you have? Do you, okay, so if you gotta find to, me, I can't tell oh, you. You, you gotta find me. Okay. <laughs> okay. What a mystery. Well, no, it's it's geared towards the ladies to make the first move. So you got to find okay, the profile, okay, and then okay. they, re, I, I, you know, that's a swipe left, swipe right type thing. You know, like the traditionals uh, apps for dating, and so. Uh, mm -hmm. if I, let's see, how does it work? If I swipe right, it goes to the female and then it's in a holding pattern. So they see all whoever swipe right on them and then they choose if they want to, you know, like or whatever. And then they choose back. And then it says, Hey, you've got a new bee in your hive. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Right. <laughs> so, I didn't know it said that. I have a oh, lot yeah. of clients that use that. Oh that yeah. Half. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have heard for those out there, if you aren't familiar with Bumble and you are a lady who maybe has wanted to try some, uh, you know, um, more of like the, the online dating, but you've been a little nervous about what you've heard. I have heard from my female friends that Bumble is actually a really nice approachable mm -hmm. platform mm -hmm. um, because it is geared toward women. Um, so for the, yeah, and especially if you want to check out Benny's profile, then you would have to get on Bumble. So <laughs> thanks. You're like, my agent <laughs> like my little <laughs> i love it i love that um i love though that line benny of like you gotta find me you yeah, gotta because right. i think that there is nothing more enticing than a little bit of mystery you know like it's like automatically even i'm like oh my gosh how do i find it <laughs> i gotta find this man i mean I that, that and if you really boil it down too there are a lot of bees in the hive so you just gotta find the right worker bee oh no <laughs> but that's okay it's the it, you're right it's kind of like the uh, the challenge and the uh, the search. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You ever wonder, like, if we all just got on for fun, if anyone would match ever? I just wonder that about my friends. You know, like, oh, would, yeah. would I ever match with friends? Just like, you know, just do your interests line oh, up or whatever. Would you end up finding each other? I don't know. <laughs> that would be well. Maybe we should get on there just to see if we can find Benny. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, you'd have to do it without photos if you really want to match without knowing. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you see the photo, so then you're like, oh, well, I know that person, so 
Okay, but I love the idea of a special segment of the show called Finding Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Ask Benny anything and Finding Benny. (laughs) And it'll just be me and Sunny, you know, on the quest to be on an app Finding Benny. And that will be, we could probably fill hours of our time with that. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Okay, well, I feel like we have to ask Benny one more question before we let him go do all of his fun production things that he always does behind the scenes that, yeah, if you you have never been in the studio, one of these days, uh, like, we'll have to do, like, a Facebook Live from in there because Benny is always doing things at once. (laughs) Busy boy, busy boy. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so let's see. Okay, Benny, what is, so we are approaching summertime. Mm-hmm. Like, what is one of the things that you plan to do over a beautiful Seattle summer? Uh, trying to get into my bikini. Uh, <gasps> you know, it's just, I got to lose a few pounds here, so I'm working hard. What? Benny, you do not need to lose yeah, any weight. well, you don't know what's underneath all these clothes. I'm just <laughs> it's, it's bikini season. I got to work at it. So less beer. I've been doing that, so that's a start. Okay. And uh, choosing wisely, you know, okay. on, on different okay. selections of foods and stuff like that. So, yep. Okay. Yeah, it is funny because it does. It, I have noticed since being in California that um, I can tell it reminds me of having lived in Texas that in Seattle, it feels like there's a very definitive period, you know, where you're in like really like warm clothes mm-hmm. and Ugg boots and you don't <laughs> have to show your legs for six months of the year if you don't want to. In fact, eight or nine months you could probably do. And it, <laughs> I got here and I was like, oh my gosh, my legs are so white. <laughs> it's not even summertime yet. So yeah, being ready to uh, like get out in the in the bright sunshine in Seattle feels like it's a, like a definitive cutoff line where mm-hmm. you got to be ready. <laughs> and well, got, there's yeah, this element of being seen mm-hmm. all of a sudden, right? It's like you're yeah. able to hide for so much and it's kind of like you're, you're just coming out to the world for the first time. Like, hello world, look at me and my white legs, everybody <laughs> ready, right? This is what I've been hiding for the whole last year. <laughs> for, me for me, Uggs away and I'm ready to bloom. Yeah. Yay, okay, well then, um, then Benny, we're just going to be all ready for the next time uh, yeah. that we all come together for First Friday, all and right. hopefully we'll have some questions from listeners about Ask Benny Anything. We will have some uh, Finding Benny updates, <laughs> and um, we will all be ready to show our legs for summer. I'm down. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, Benny, thanks for thanks for allowing us to bring you on for a while sure this morning per listener request. So. Um, okay, so Alessandra, okay, we have so much to catch on, uh, catch up we on. We do, yeah. Yeah, and I was saying, uh, so for those listening, we, Alessandra and I were texting beforehand because we used to, while I was still in Seattle and she was still in Seattle, of course, I'm in Petaluma, California now, Alessandra is in Bellingham, Washington, and we used to have dinner the night before in Seattle and Alessandra and I would either, you know, connect like in person beforehand or she'd spend the night in Seattle uh, and we got to catch up, but now that we don't have that opportunity, this is kind of like our Alessandra and Sunny have dinner and catch up. Yes, <laughs> all on the air on Friday. Yes. <laughs> and I just feel like you know, I don't think I ever 
took that time for granted necessarily, you know, that I got to have with you, but I miss that time so much. You know, I'm like, it just feels, I, I just think, oh, I miss my sunny time. Whenever I'm about to, you know, get on the radio or something, I think about our night before catch up time. Oh, I yeah. feel the same way. I feel the same way. We'll have, we'll, we'll maybe like once a quarter, we'll be able to do that. I'll come to Seattle or I don't know, maybe you can even come to California and Benny can us both from here, whatever. Yes. That's what I'm out. kind of daydreaming about these days. <laughs> like, ooh, when can I get to California? Let's let's meet up for dinner there. I like that idea. And now that yes. there are direct flights from Everett to um, the nearest airport here, which I think is Santa Rosa, I need to confirm that. Maybe Sonoma. I keep getting it confused. But anyway, you can fly right to basically where we are without having to battle the San Francisco, Oakland City traffic and nonsense. So oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. So should we kick it off by, I mean, you had, I think listeners have loved learning your journey about Petaluma. And then last time we talked, you had only been there for a week, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So now yeah. we're looking at a month later and you had mentioned that like you had noticed, you know, just the, what a difference it has made being there. So would you mind to tell us about that? Yeah. I was trying to remember if we talked about this at all, but it really, I did a little Facebook live about it a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but you, I've always heard that there, that certain places geographically just really, um, will be like, uh, like fitting in a puzzle piece. Like you fit some places better than you fit others. And Mm -hmm. not just from the sense that you like what you see or they have nice opportunities in that place, but literally it affects your, your energy and your biology. And I have, whenever I used to arrive in California, like this was back in, um, when my ex-husband and I had a place there and I would step off the jet bridge and, and it just was, I felt like I was levitating to baggage claim. Like I was, it just felt so happy and Mm -hmm. carefree and just, Oh, joyful. And I thought, I, I don't know that I necessarily connected it to LA, but now that we're in Petaluma, I am experiencing that on a very, daily basis. And I think, okay, there has got to be something to this that certain parts of the world, a certain city, certain geography really does fit better with your being, your total being, biology, Mm -hmm. energy, your soul, all of those things. And I really believe it. I I mean, I've heard other people speak about this, but I'm, I'm living proof of this, that I know that we're in the right place. And that's not to say Seattle is still feels more like home than anywhere I'd ever lived before. I always want to be to have a connection to Seattle and to be able to come visit and spend time because we had such a wonderful community. But I can tell this is where we're supposed to be right now. And it may not, who knows, maybe we won't be in Petaluma only the year that we have our little lease. Maybe it will be longer. I don't know. Mm. But I can tell this is where my puzzle piece is supposed to be right now. Yeah. And that's also not to say um, that everything is just perfect and everything. I mean, there is a lot of flow here, but I also want to say that there are still parts where, uh, you know, Chase is still looking for a job here, um, that there are, um, I've noticed that now switching to working from home, it's a whole different ball game than having an office that has very clearly for me, at least delineated times Mm -hmm. and certain activities that would take place on certain days at certain times. So, you know, there's, there are growing pains, but to answer your question, I, it, it really has felt like the right fit right now for us to be here in Petaluma after a month of reflection. 
Yeah. And so if, if somebody, if somebody wasn't sure, or they were, they were not sure how to connect to like, how do I know this is the right fit? Like what, mm-hmm. what were, what are some of the things that you really experience? Like, how do you tune into that knowing? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, everybody experiences their intuition uniquely. Um, you know, I know there's some, some people have more visual information, other people receive it more auditorily. Um, so for, at least for me personally, it was like a game of warmer, colder. So when we went on our scouting adventure, to, we knew that we, I had a mystical experience of sorts when I did master coach training at Martha's uh, ranch at the time, which was in San Luis Obispo. And I had such a powerful experience around the San Jose area where I flew in and out of that I knew that's where we needed to start. And then we just rented a car and planned seven or eight cities. And it was the best thing I can describe it as is a game of warmer, colder and driving from city to city and just feeling what, Mm -hmm. what feels the most joyful? Where are we the most curious? What just feels like a, a body compass, full body? Yes versus any type of constriction or, um, tightening in the body. Um, and to be honest, Chase had really thought Santa Cruz would be where we would end up, which is a little beach town South Mm. of the city. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Up there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Chase really, that was, and I was nervous because I thought, I don't know that I want to live in a beach town, but I thought, you know what, I'm open to whatever. And as it turned out, Santa Cruz didn't, it was lovely and I hope that we get to visit it again, but it did not feel like a fit for us. Mm. So yeah, we played warmer, colder and just went with what felt like the most full body. Yes. And -hmm. it was Petaluma, strangely Mm -hmm. enough. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So what are, um, you said like that it's hard. There's not those delineated boundaries, which I think is such a, a great way to put it when now that you're working from home, because I think people are really intrigued by this working from home thing. It's really romanticized. People are thinking, oh, whoa, that would be so nice. It would feel like my whole life would be so amazing. But there are some really big challenges to it. So yeah. what have you found that has come up for you, like, what are you working through that doesn't feel as, you know, as delineated or maybe doesn't that you, you're kind of just kind of shifting through or sorting through as you're trying to get that routine down? Yeah. One of the biggest differences I've noticed, um, because I love audiobooks, I love listening to podcasts and recordings of various teachers and in Seattle, even though my office, I lived in Columbia city, my office was in the U district driving back and forth to my office, which really was probably five to seven miles tops. It could take 45 minutes to an hour on certain days. Right. Yes. <laughs> so well, when I stayed at your house, when it was like, you know, I would drive to the studio, which is only a few miles. Right. And uh-huh. it was 45, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. 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 And so I, moral of the story, I had a lot of drive time and I loved my drive time. It was my time to what I call fill the well. Um, and that's actually some a phrase I learned from a mentor who, you know, when she's in a period of writing, she says she's not, she's consuming a lot more content in certain areas because she's outputting so much. And I loved using that drive time to fill my well. And that's where I would get inspiration and my emotional speed dial list, you know, to really get me tuned in, tapped in, turned on to what I want to be doing. And I don't have that anymore. And so there was like a couple of weeks and I thought, God, I'm just feeling kind of like, 
barren or something. And I realized, you know why? Because I don't have the same time period to get to fill my well. And so I have now instituted my morning time. Part of my practice now is make sure that I allow 30 minutes, maybe more if I don't have a super busy day, 30 minutes of consuming some meaningful content and allow and being okay because it felt like somehow the time in the car felt like I was still being productive if I was mm-hmm. listening to this stuff. And somehow if I'm sitting in my house, it feels decadent to be listening and carving out this time. I don't know why it doesn't make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. you know, because the time is just the time, whether it's in my car or on the couch, but I, I have to really make a conscious effort of carving out that time to fill the well. And I really encourage anyone out there filling the well is so important. And I have felt it in a big way mm. uh, since I had several weeks where I was thinking, God, I don't, what is going on? I'm not, I don't have as many new ideas. I'm not learning what, oh, okay, there we go. I'm not, yes. I'm the same way. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I think that when you move, it takes you so much out of your natural rhythm. You know, I have so many clients that are saying, okay, I'm in the middle of a move. Shouldn't this be exciting? I'm living in this great new house or I'm having this great new experience. How come I'm not excited or energized or what's going on with me? And I think, what is this notion that moving should be fun and that we should be clear headed and we should totally be ourselves Mm -hmm. when frankly, it's like you're, I mean, it's like somebody, it's like shaking a whole snow globe that is your life and things, the dust has not settled. Right. And yeah, we're expecting ourselves to already be in creative space and generating and all of these things. It just kind of takes, it just takes a minute. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, it feels like as you're looking at the days and you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's been a couple of weeks. But if you really go back through and look, there's so, like you said, there's so much going on of getting unpacked and organized and getting your schedule. So yeah, I, I really mm-hmm. allowing, um, being okay with the fact that things, it wasn't just seamless transition from one, uh, city to the next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been another one is being, uh, having a little bit of grace around the, the, the logistical part of switching (laughs) gears so dramatically. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And so are you all settled in your new place? Yes. So, um, I think, yeah, last time that we talked, we were, um, I was living at my now new permanent rental. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we've just gotten more and more settled and it's just feeling, um, I feel like I'm finally getting that sense of, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. You know, I mean, I think that there's been so many gifts that Bellingham has brought in into my life and ways that, like you had said earlier, that certain geographic uh, areas can impact you energetically. And um, I think really impact you spiritually. And I definitely feel that here though, because I've been commuting so much into Seattle, I haven't really felt like I've lived here. Mm. And so, um, since I, I've lessened my, um, days that I'm in Seattle and am now commuting less and not staying the night there 
every week. Mm-hmm. I and now in this house where we've got our, you know, we've got all of our things around us, it just feels like, okay, I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. I actually live here. Uh, I can start getting comfortable now. So, um, and it's been really neat to um, to see the ways that that I show up for myself. It, you know, when I'm when I'm feeling a lot more grounded. Exactly. And the other thing I was going to ask you about, because I think you and I are similar in the sense that we both move to areas that are um, that have a lot more access to nature. Now, I mean, given yes. Seattle was, oh, my gosh, Seattle's the greenest place I've ever lived. And I know that you can find parks and you have access to water, access to mountains with a very short drive. But it's still it's a very congested urban area, especially in the parts where I was not only living but working. And I think the same was for you all as well. Yes. Um, and I was listening to so Sounds True has a summit going on. It's a free summit if you're interested and you like Sounds True like I do. It's called the Brain mm-hmm. Change Summit. And I was listening to one of the uh, presenters, and she was talking about her her the topic was your brain on nature. And I knew generally some of this information, but it was a full hour, hour and a half of the studies about the actual brain changes that take place when you spend time in nature and how the trees are emitting certain chemical compounds that mm-hmm. actually work with our human body system, that that um, the part of the brain that has to do with rumination and anxiety and overthinking tends to get smaller And there are other parts of the brain associated with creativity that get larger when we spend time in nature. And it doesn't have to be like living out in a log cabin. It just needs that daily. Yeah. And so I'm Mm -hmm. curious for you, like, I feel that, that calm because out like steps from our house, we can get to a big hill. I posted some pictures on Facebook and it's the nature is just so accessible and that has made a huge difference for me is being, I think, closer to nature and farther away from a city at this point. Um, and I don't know if that, if you've had that experience too, Alessandra. Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw that Benny said we're a couple minutes away from a break. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, where, where am I? I'm on chat too. Oh, oh. oh. Um, but we, yeah, maybe I'll just leave you out. It's there. I'm looking. That's what I'm saying. Like, what have I done wrong with my chat box? Cause I'm not seeing the conversation. Oh, there it is. Yes. Got it. I was in the wrong chat space. Okay. Yeah. But to answer your question just quickly, I think, I think that, yes, that has made, it has made such a big difference. And I do consider myself more of a city person. I love so much of what that brings in terms of culture and um, different experiences to try. But I think that being able to live in a more, a really nature-based place where there's just more space, I think has been such a game changer for me. I do feel like it is probably the number one contributor for why I have been generating so many ideas. So much has been coming up for me, Mm -hmm. um, taking new risks in my business. I mean, things have really just expanded for me since I've moved. And I do believe it's because I've just got more space, space, uh, literally literal space. Um, Mm -hmm. but also I just think energetic space. So yeah, it's been great. 
Love that. Okay. And I want to pick up there when we come back from the break. Um, so uh, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. Today is first Friday of the month on Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy, joined today on first Friday of the month by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Yay. Okay, so before the break, I wanted to just kind of finish up this conversation because um, I think it's important. One of the things that stood out to me as you were talking, Alessandra, is how much has expanded for you in Mm -hmm. having moved. And I was just, you know, there are times, like, let's say, for example, I know we've talked about this on the show before, like when Martha Beck moved to that ranch in San Luis Obispo, like she'd had dreams about it, visuals of it. She knew this ranch when they saw it, when it came up and she was going to purchase it, like she could recognize it from her dreams. She knew that's where she was supposed to be. So one might think, okay, this is where she's going to be for the rest of her life. Like, because this has been such an important part of <laughs> like mm-hmm. almost decades of her having this vision of this ranch, it must mean it's permanent and forever. And, and as we speak, she's currently living, she sold the ranch and she's living in Pennsylvania. Same thing with like Seattle, for example, like I got there and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I stay here forever. It's amazing. It's amazing. And yet here I sit in Petaluma knowing this is where I'm supposed to be at this moment. And so for some people, maybe their best, maybe their best life is living in one place for an entire lifetime. But for those out there, if you're listening and you were feeling the call to go somewhere else or feeling called and it doesn't quite make sense to you, you don't know how it's going to work when you get there. You don't know why you feel so drawn to it. I just encourage you to explore that, um, that call. And even if it means just visiting to feel it out, just like Chase and I did here in the Bay area before we ever ended up moving here. And you know, cause Alessandra, like I know with your business, for example, you had, you were, your client roster just like blew up right as you were about to leave. And I think, but still yeah. the move has been 
the right thing for you mm-hmm. in this moment, even if you guys don't stay in Bellingham forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been, it's been really incredible to see that kind of growth. And I do directly attribute it to me feeling more energetic, energetically expansive, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that when we are feeling, um, much more sense of like, uh, an openness, um, an openness to all things, you know, we create this, this openness to receiving. Um, and, and I think that that is what has happened for my Seattle business. It's like for, I, I, you know, when I moved to Seattle, I, I thought, absolutely. I'm never leaving here. I will Mm -hmm. live and die in Seattle and I will be just happy with that and satisfied. I'd wanted to be there for so long, but then felt this call to do, just do something different and Mm -hmm. get out and try, try somewhere else. And it's, it's been really impressive to see that, you know, this, the move certainly hasn't gone perfectly by any means. I mean, there's been some pretty significant challenges, but I think that just there with that, you know, just feeling more expansive, I felt a little bit more tightly held in Seattle. Just, I think the frenetic pace of the city, I didn't feel like I had space, just some of these kind of energetic things, which I even think if I was to move back to Seattle, I would do it differently than when I was there. Mm. Um, but I very much needed this space and time and it's been amazing. You know, even I've turned the commute into something really purposeful. So, you know, it's easy to complain about the commute and, Oh, I'm in the car and all of that, but I've really given it purpose. And it's where I listen to all of the, um, the content that I just want to be absorbing, you know? And so I'm constantly working on on keeping my mind at an elevated positive space. So it's kind of humming along rather than coming up with this whole narrative about, I can't believe I'm commuting and now this sucks. And what Mm -hmm. was I thinking, which it's really easy to go there. And the moment that we decide to complain about some things like that, people are willing to join us in that. (laughs) Oh yeah, that sucks. I can't believe that. How are you doing that? Oh, it's terrible. And then all of a sudden you're spinning this narrative all of the time about your life being terrible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's been really important important to keep my mind out of that. And so with some trusted people, I might sometimes say, you know, this really sucks. So I've got my, my, my people that I will go to and just kind of get that out of my system. Yeah. But for the most part, I've just given it such purpose. Um, and it keeps my spirit and my mind elevated, um, with the commute, with having more space. And yes, my, I mean, my, number of clients has consistently stayed elevated. I now have a wait list of clients willing to see me even in, um, you know, uh, what is it? Um, being more intentional with my schedule and only offering in-person sessions twice a week and doing the rest of my work remotely. My business did not feel a hit at all from that. And that was, that was a a very intentional decision from a place of self-care. I didn't want to be driving as much and I wanted to be intentional with my time. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I might lose some people here by making myself a little um, more scarce, but actually I didn't take a hit at all. And all that has happened is I have created more spaciousness and more room for myself to create more goodness in my business. So it's just, it's been really incredible actually. 
Oh, that's awesome. And you know, the other thing we were talking about this over the break that I think is also part and parcel, it sounds like, of this move, um, that you were able to get off a med you have were taking for years. Yes. And that, I just, I know I have a lot of clients who um, have expressed an interest in perhaps parting ways with some of the meds that they're on. And of course, I am not a, a licensed psychotherapist. They, of course, are seeing someone else besides a coach for these things. But um, yeah, that have expressed how I, I feel dependent on this. I'd love to be able to part ways with it. I just don't know how it's been a part of my life so long. So I'm curious how in the world did you decide to do that and how has it gone? I just feel like there have got to be people out there listening who this will really help. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I'll start off by saying, you know, I, I don't think that medications necessarily are a bad thing. I think that they, you know, that they can be wonderful agents of change for people who need them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this particular medication that I was prescribed, I was prescribed this, I mean, maybe 10 years ago when, um, and it was kind of an as needed anxiety medication, but I had, um, it, it came to be the only thing that would help me be able to sleep. And, um, because I am so sensitive to medications, I mean, my, my system is just so sensitive to medications, alcohol, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's part of being an empath and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, because my system is so sensitive anytime I, you know, I really wanted to completely get off of it. I've been interested in, in, parting ways with it for, you know, the last four years or so when I've really come into more awareness of how I want to be living my life, how I want to be managing my anxiety, managing my sleep. And anytime I would try to get off of this, I would have dreadful, dreadful side effects. Mm, like what, um, what I mean, if you don't mind me asking, because if someone out there is listening, they might yes. not realize that's what's happening. I don't know. Yes. So I would go into, you know, and it'd be like, I could do a couple of days without it and think I was feeling pretty good. And then there would be an uptick. So I was actually, I would have hallucinations. Oh God. I would be hearing voices. I would go right into a, you know, right into a panic attack, um, uh, extreme heart palpitations, um, uh, all of my muscles kind of, um, tightening and spasming. So, um, you know, things like all of a sudden, you know, my neck would be just totally bent out of shape. You know, I'd be mm. hearing like hearing things through the fan. I mean, it was ridiculous. Right. And it would cause me so much panic and anxiety that I would think that then I would take the medication again to help me with the side effects of right. coming off of the medication. And I was just in this loop again and again and again. And, you know, um, I had gone to see sleep specialists and all these different doctors and, and people would prescribe more, um, natural remedies, things like that, but they couldn't hold up to this thing that was in my system mm -hmm. and the sleep people, they couldn't really put their finger on anything that was really happening with me. Um, and so it was when I, when I took the hundred days of no drinking alcohol mm -hmm. that I discovered my capability to sleep. Um, and that how much of an impact alcohol had had on my sleep. Oh yeah. So I started developing a little bit more confidence in like, whoa, I, 
I can sleep. And this is something I've done with um, Brooke Castillo's work is some mind, you know, some, some messaging around that for myself, just even when I go to bed, not trying to tell myself I sleep well, and this is getting back to the medication in just a second, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. not telling myself, you know, I sleep well, or I love sleep because frankly, sleep had been torturous for me mm-hmm. for so many years that, yeah. you know, anything I read about sleep is the most important thing. And here's why you should sleep. And it's like, yeah, I get that. And that is making me feel horrible about myself because I can't do it. And it sounds like <laughs> I'm going to die an early death. So I don't really like sleep. Thank you very much. You know, but, um, but something that, you know, Brooke talks about and psychologists talk about this too, but I'm, I'm just referring to her because I'm doing her work right now a lot mm-hmm. is, um, using a bridge thought. So not, I love sleep or, uh, I sleep well, um, so much as something like I sleep, I yeah. sleep or I sleep sometimes, right. Which is true. Yeah. Even, even an insomniac will occasionally doze off for 10 minutes. So I thought, okay, I can get behind that. And that helped kind of calm my mind. So when I was off of alcohol, I could see, okay, I've got capacity to sleep a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then I thought if I can quit alcohol, I think I'm really ready to give getting off of this medication another try because I had built some muscle around um, some of the, you know, with some of the thought work and it's incredible, but I have been doing some version of therapy or coaching, you know, for the last decade of my life, at least, I mean, maybe I guess the last 15 years, 15, 16 years. You mean both? Yes. Yes. And, um, and never once have I been able to walk myself through the thought process of total panic that the medication would induce if I wasn't on it. So I really, I really, um, I would take it, you know, you have to be consulting with a medical provider if you are thinking about doing this, but I really just cut back every week, the amount that I was taking and in every step, I would have all of those panicked moments and, and start, you know, thinking all the wild thoughts. And I had to tell myself, you know, I'd put my hand on my chest and like, I am safe. I am okay. This is part of, this is just part of coming off the drug I've got this. Mm-hmm. I have got this, right? And I knew that there would be nights where, yep, even when I would hear a voice or hallucinate, instead of stepping into the panic, I would think that is not me. That is just part of this medication, mm-hmm. right? Like and get through this part. There's so much good on the other side and just kind of hanging in there with myself and doing a lot of thought work. Whereas I think all of the side effects would just scare me so much that then Mm -hmm. I would have a panic attack about it and then need the medication again. So just be able to talk myself through it. Um, yeah. And so now I'm on day 19 of off of that medication And I am so thrilled because that means for me that it's past the two week mark. Um, and the two weeks is when it flares up the worst of the, the withdrawal and the side effects. And I've made it past and congratulations. Thank you. I am so, I am so excited. I think it's just that I think that it's, it's just not ever something that I want to return to. Um, and I have so many other bags in my trick or (laughs) 
my bag um, to be able to to work with my anxiety and not be afraid of it. I think that being fearful of our anxiety is what causes the most suffering. It's, you know, the thoughts that we're thinking about the fact that we feel anxious that causes so much suffering. So anyway, that's a very long story. No, but I'm so glad you shared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Did I cut you off, Alessandra? <laughs> Oh. Well, yeah, I was just going to say also, you know, I, I love hearing your experience of that. And I just, one of my favorite, um, authors or she's a, um, she is a, an MD psychiatrist in New York city, Dr. Kelly Brogren. Um, and she wrote a book called a mind of your own, which I found fascinating. And, but I will say, you know, if, I just want to make a blanket statement out there that we are not recommending that everyone run out and stop taking their medication. Absolutely not. Yeah. When Dr. Kelly Brogan talks about this, when she works with clients around this or patients around this, she actually has them use a jeweler scale to like, they are, there's such a tiny, tiny amount that, that they cut it down every day because the side effects, the withdrawal effects can be so Mm -hmm. severe with some of the, um, uh, anxiety, uh, antidepressants, the, any of these meds that are, that are for, um, you know, mental behavioral health that are often prescribed these days. But she said when she takes her clients or patients off of them, you know, she is doing it in the teeniest, like a granule at a time for a week and then another granule for the second week. And I'm, I'm really only exaggerating a little bit. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. a very, it needs to be done, uh, with some, um, I guess, guidance from someone who knows what they're doing, because yes. it can be, as Alessandra, as you have well discovered in your own case, the the side effects from withdrawal can be quite debilitating and severe. Mm-hmm. So in any event, I just want to put that out there. But I did, I love hearing this story for you. And I think I, I have so many questions around it, but um, what has been the biggest thing that you've noticed other than say your sleep since you have made these big changes between the cutting out the alcohol and going off the meds and all of the things? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing for me has been just, um, just I think confidence in just developing more self-trust, you know, that it's been, it's been great to, um, you know, to really challenge myself to work on some of this stuff and, um, take on some of my thoughts head on that were keeping me stuck around sleep and, you know, with this medication. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's just really being learning some patience with myself to figure out what else works in terms of coaching myself through, um, through the worry that I have, through the anxiety that I have, you know, and, and I think having some routines for myself really help, you know, so, you know, having bedtime routine where I always have the same tea, you know, I always mm-hmm. watch the same little bit of a TV show, or I always do a little bit of journaling. And so my brain knows it's, you know, it's time to shut off. It's safe. We're okay to sleep. I think that having a little bit more, you know, we can't, we can't always move. Obviously there are people who are listening who, who might think, oh, okay, if I could move, that would make it better. I mean, certainly I think the move to Bellingham has been nice because it's been a little bit quieter. So I've, I've just learned, um, about myself, you know, the environment that I need, but I think that there are ways to create sacred space, no matter where you are and routine and things that will be helpful. Um, and, and I feel like I told myself, you know, if the only thing I do at the, you know, this entire year is get off of this medication 
I, this year will be a success, you know? And I think it's just like, it, it just has helped me see, like, I just feel like now there's nothing I can't do. I just, that just, that felt to me like something I just could not get over. And I wasn't open with it, with anyone about it, but I, I just couldn't do it. And I've done it and I'm doing it. And every day I celebrate that. Congratulations. I, I mean, if that's the takeaway is there's nothing that you can't do now, yeah. that's a pretty darn good takeaway. <laughs> and then I want to also ask, would you say that you have had a story and I don't know how long it would be with you, but that I am an anxious person. I have anxiety. I am anxious. Would you say that was true? And then maybe your story is changing or how has it changed if at all? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful question because I have literally said those words just Mm -hmm. word for word. I've said, I just, I'm an anxious person or I run anxious or I say I'm, I am a, um, I'm a depressed anxious person. And that was, that was the bulk of my narrative. And so the universe gave you that. They're like, yes. oh, she's depressed and anxious. Awesome. Let's give that yes. to her. More of the same, more of the same. Yeah. And certainly <laughs> there are things that have happened in my life that contribute to that. Certainly there are chemicals in my brain that contribute to a general temperament, but I, you know, which, which leads to, can, can lead to those, but I think I have worked so much on my narrative where it's like, I'm not just an anxious person. I'm someone who feels anxiety sometimes. That's more the narrative that I can get behind now Yes, because I'm not just an anxious person. And I think for listeners out there, when that has been applied to you or you've gotten a diagnosis, that can be kind of the cases we we live into those diagnoses or those labels, but that's not actually who you are, right? And so I think I really can get behind the thought of, you know, I am somebody who, who feels anxiety sometimes, right? But that doesn't mean that I just live my whole life anxious. There's actually a lot that I do do that isn't run by anxiety. You know, I do feel some, some anxiety every day of my life, but it doesn't have, it does, it's not who I am. Oh, I love that. Um, and so then, um, where, like, just things sound like they open up from here. Like, where do you go from here? Mm -hmm. What's the next thing that you're going to, well, I know you said, okay, you're good for 2019 having done this, which (laughs) is an awesome accomplishment, but does it make you want to, is there something else now that you're like, Oh, I'm going to tackle that now. (laughs) Well, it's so great because, you know, I think that I I love working on things with my business. I've just noticed about myself, not only is it my business, it's also just a hobby and something that I love, but I've noticed a lot of areas where I have played small. And so I think that with this, with working on, um, with working on the amount of alcohol that I drink, working on my sleep, working on medication, I'm just like, okay, bring it. Right. And so now doing, um, I've got a couple of new offerings in my business. I'm doing, um, a workshop actually, uh, co-facilitating a workshop on, on the hero's journey and telling your story, bringing your story to life for your business. Um, I'll be flying to Arizona to do that. So that's a big risk traveling to teach right when there's not a company supporting your travel funds, Uh taking the risk. (laughs) and hoping people sign up. Right. And, um, and offering a mastermind through the lady bosses group that I run in Seattle. Um, and just, and those kinds of things, they sound great and people are like, wow, good for you, but they're really vulnerable. I mean, it's really vulnerable to create something and to say, Hey, does anybody, 
does anybody want to do this? <laughs> and then have crickets sometimes. Yes. But I think that that's just something where it's just like, I'm willing, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to put myself out there. I want to play a bigger game. I want to show other people that they can play a bigger game. And I just feel like, let's go, let's do this. I'm ready. I love that. And I want to, I, that was one of the other things I know we had talked about um, addressing today. And I want to bring that up because, um, I'm in a similar place, Alessandra, with, um, there's an offering that I've just, I, I know the, everyone that you would ask in terms of business would say, focus on promotion of your book unhitched mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just work with your clients around that. Don't divide your energy, energy streams. But I just really wanted to put the soul digger beta program out there, which starts tomorrow. Yes. Um, and so, but in any event, um, putting something out there for the first time, um, there can be crickets, but it does not mean that it is, um, cause I've got a very small group that's going to be going forward with this. And I don't mm -hmm. know about what your, you know, what things are looking like for the workshop you're teaching or your mastermind, mm -hmm. but I wanted to just say not only for you and for me, but for anyone out there listening who is putting out a new offering, one of my favorite teachers, um, she is now, God, she was, she has an incredible story. She's been on the show before. Um, she was actually the writing coach and the person whose program I did to get my book out there, um, Angela Laria. And, uh, she had a really compelling story, but when she first started offering what she does now before she really truly started the, she started her own publishing house. She started, um, this amazing writing program that now she has, it's, it's a machine and she is generating, I think, um, she'll be in the range of 10 million or more this mm -hmm. year with her business, mm -hmm. which is really admirable because she came from very big debt and now has created a beautiful eight figure business and, and also has a very, um, a very balanced life with her business. So it's not like she's working mm -hmm. herself to the bone. All that to say the first time she offered that program, I think she said there were three people in it. And so her <laughs> first shot out of the box had three people, but you could have taken that if you were Angela and said, Oh, not enough people want this. Oh, it's so embarrassing to have so few people in the program. No, she said, I was just happy anyone signed up and I was so excited to be teaching it. And so I just kept offering it at first. It was three people, then it was five, then it was seven. And after this is, you know, years ago, but after iterations, now she has thousands of people applying for 15 spots when she offers yeah. this program. So yeah, I'm just for you, for me, for anyone out there, do not take your first offering. Um, if, it, if crickets are happening as an indication that it's not a, a valuable offering. It's just mm -hmm. that people don't have enough awareness around it yet. And some people may not want to hang back until they've seen it come across their radar screen, you know, several months or something like that. So anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, you know, it's really so inspiring to see people like Angela, you know, have, have come that far because it, it is, it is just such a vulnerable thing. And I think it's, it would be really easy to just decide, you know what, if this offering doesn't work. I'm not going to try anymore. Um, and I think like we got it, we just got to keep rolling because you never know how it's all going to shake out. And I'm, I'm so excited about your new program offering, Sunny. I think it just sounds so beautiful. Well, uh, it's a fun place for me to be. And it's kind of, it's a, you know, one of my other favorite mentors, her big thing was write the word ready down on a piece of paper in big capital letters. Okay. Now cross it out completely because you're never going to be or feel truly ready. And so you need to build the plane as you fly it, which is a scary place to be as yes. a human. But 
I have found in my own experience, if I don't at least try to start building and flying at the same time, if I wait until I have a fully built plane, that's, it's just not going to happen. Yes. Um, you just got to yes. get out there and start doing and learning. Uh, okay. And so we're getting the signal from Benny that it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up, ladies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wrangling the cats here. Yes. Um, I, love so, cat I love cat herding. I love cat herding. Yes. <laughs> so you have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, on this first Friday of the month, joined by Alessandra Duke. <laughs> yes, and of course, the fabulous Benny Mathers running the board. Uh, um, so my website is goldenoversoul.com. Alessandra, yours is? Alessandraduke.com. And thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you a month from now on the first Friday of June. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.